Welcome to video two in this video series with special guest, John Lee Dumas. Now, on this video, JLD is gonna share how to create a true lifestyle business by utilizing people and processes. All that and more, coming up. Go to 8weekacademy.com to claim your free copy of Jerry Norton's most popular training. In it, he reveals his blueprint for making $100,000 per year with real estate. Now guys, if you missed video one in the series with JLD, then you have to go back and watch it. He shared some really good ideas and tips for how to start a successful business. I'll put the link to that video in the description box below and you can watch it later. Now having interviewed over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs on his podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, perhaps no one understands better what it takes to start and run a business than John Lee Dumas. So John, thanks for sharing your passion, your wisdom and expertise. It's truly an honor to be here with you on this interview. Sounds great, can't wait. Yeah, so um, I love how you talk about quite a bit in everything you do on your podcast, in your book. You talk about creating this lifestyle business. And I've seen you, you know, in the short amount of time that I've known you here, I live right by you. Uh, I see the way that you interact, the way that you kind of run your business a little bit. And you truly try to live this lifestyle business. Now, most people aren't real familiar with what that even is. So what is a lifestyle business? A lifestyle business is you wake up in the morning and everything on your calendar or lack of things on your calendar is specifically designed by you. And that's my goal for my lifestyle business. I want to wake up every morning and be like, I created my schedule, my calendar, my action items for the day. And I am committed to living in the present moment here in lovely Puerto Rico. I'm 41 years old. I'm not waiting till I'm 60 or 65 to start living my life. So even if that means I'm not going to quote unquote maximize my full earning potential over the next 20 to 40 years, I'm okay with that because I'm living in the now. So you put this kind of lifestyle as the filter, right? So everything runs through your lifestyle filter. If it's not going to be conducive to your ideal lifestyle, what fits John Lee Dumas the answer is no, right? You're not going to take on a project or do an endeavor if it's not kind of filtered through lifestyle first. Is that, is that If right? it's not a heck yes, yeah. it's an easy, easy no. And, you know, to get into a little bit of detail here, I work really, really hard one day per week. Four days per month, I am working 10 to 12 hours back to back, and I am just working hard one day per week. The other 25, 26 days per month, I'm doing little to nothing on the business side of things. I mean, I'm keeping up on emails. I'm doing social media, this, social media, that, but nothing above and beyond that. Now, I also want to be very clear and transparent. I am in year 10 of my business, and I've gone through now four very distinct seasons of my business, and I'm in season four. Season one, three or four years straight, I was nose to the grindstone, working five, six, seven days a week, busting my butt, Living by the quote, I'm willing to work like nobody's willing to work now so that I can live like nobody's able to live later. So I did put in the time, put in the hustle, put in the grind to get to season two, which was taking a little bit off the, the, the plate, taking a little bit of a foot off the, the gas pedal. Into season three, more so, maybe 50-50, maybe working 15, 16 days a month. To now I'm in season four, I'm in the five, four to five days per month where I'm really working hard and busting my butt, but of course, the vast majority of the days, I'm not. Now, I love how you kind of broke that down into seasons. And that, that, the, the next question I was going to ask you was, was it always that way? So I love that you kind of explained 
No, any business, there's that startup phase, there's the grind, you're that solopreneur, right? Where you're kind of like a one-person show doing everything. And the problem is, is a lot of people get stuck right there. I, I felt like I was kind of stuck there for a while. It took a lot of conscious effort to kind of go from my phase one or season one to that season two. And uh, I very much relate to you because I feel the same way. Like I, I wake up and I only do the parts of the business that I absolutely love. And I've got people and processes and a team in place that does all of the other aspects of the business. But that took a long time to get there. And I think what happens is a lot of people, they're kind of like, no, this is it. It's a grind. It's always a grind. It's never going to be any different. How do people transition from that solo, solo one person show into a season two, three, and four? Like, what does it take to be able to transition and to really build that lifestyle business? So it does all go back to something we talked about in the first video, which is you have to be providing the number one solution to a real problem in this world, real, specific, and niche that's going to allow you to gain that elusive traction, that elusive momentum, that's going to have people say, you know what, I will trade you money for your solution because I really need and want your solution. And that's where you're gonna to start to be able to build some of that initial revenue generation that's gonna allow you to build to get that initial traction momentum because people will beat a path to the doorstep of the number one solution to a real problem that they're having, but they will ignore, and I mean ignore, the second best solution all the way through to infinity. So once you've done that, which could take years, it took me years, then you start to say, okay, now how do I properly build out a team? And it took me time to add one person to my team, two persons to my team, to now where we're at, running a multi-million dollar net profit business with five total people. That's myself, my fiance, Kate, and then three full-time virtual assistants. And that's where we're at, that's our team. But I started by writing down everything I did over the course of a week, and then prioritizing those things from what only I could do to the things that I also layered in and filtered in what I loved doing to what I hated doing. So then I had these two lists of things that I could only do all the way down to the bottom of things that anybody hypothetically could do, then also having another list of things I loved doing all the way down to the things I hated doing. And then I would look at the bottom of those two lists and said, okay, what do I hate doing, which therefore probably means I'm terrible at, and things that I don't have to personally be doing. Now, how can I hire a person to take those positions over, take that stuff off of my plate? And that was my first hire, was a person that, was either good and or experienced in those things that I could come on and I could give them those things. I could take those things off of my plates. And that was my first and, hire. And they're doing it better than you were doing it because you hate it, so there's and no passion I behind time, it. I didn't have time to do it either because I was doing all the things. And so then I could take it off my plate. They're doing it better because they don't hate it like I hate it. And some of them, sometimes they even love it because it's just up their alley. Boom, you're taking things off your plate. And then it just continues to move in that direction, hiring another person for that next section, another person for that next section to where I'm at again now in season four of my business and life where I can say, I am literally only doing the things that only I can do 
and want to do and I'm good at and love doing, that's it. So everything that I'm doing, like sitting across from you right now in my backyard in Puerto Rico, as much as I hypothetically might love to hire a virtual assistant to do this, A, I can't because they wouldn't be good at doing this and they wouldn't want to do this, but B, I really don't want to because I love this interaction that we're having. I enjoy this interaction that we're having. Just like I mentioned to you earlier today before we started recording, that I do once per week, I do seven interviews for my show, Entrepreneurs on Fire. I look forward to that day. I love- You batch them all in one day. One day, back to back to back to back to back, an hour block. I love the interviews, I love the interaction, and I'm great at doing it. I better be by now. I've done over 3,000 of them. I've put in the reps, I've honed my skills. I've worked on my craft, which is something few people do. And another thing that I do, one day per month, is I do 20 interviews on other shows in one day. One day, I'm back to back to back, 15 minute blocks where I limit the interviews to 15 minutes, and I'll go back to back. Now, of course, you're a neighbor, you're a palmist, you're a big deal. I made a concession, we're doing an hour block here, we're doing a couple of interviews. At my home here, I'm happy to do it. Um, but for the most part, people that reach out to me to be on their show, their platform, whatever that might be, they get 15 minutes, we're back to back, and we make it happen. Yeah, so you, you, you shared so many really amazing nuggets there in that section. Um, the one thing that I really love, JLD, is that you break this down, these processes, into really actionable items in your book. And I've read your book, and one of the things you talk about is when you're starting to train somebody, how important training is, is you'll, you'll, you'll do the task, you'll record it like on a screen capture, and then it's kind of like, here's a handoff to somebody. They can then watch through that and see exactly how you want that done. The expectations are clear. And it's just a great way to start to outsource some of those tasks. And by doing that, it's allowed you to now really focus on what you love doing. And when you're doing what you love and you're in that kind of that element, you're creative, it's amazing how your business will just explode because now your mind is constantly in creation mode and the creative side of what you love doing, which means you get your most brilliant ideas. And I heard you say that you've had few truly genius ideas in your life and your book, the Common Path to Uncommon Success was one of those, right? And I've read it and I, I think I would agree with you on that. So having that kind of the, the breakdown of really starting with what is your big idea, creating that niche, and then progressing it step by step all the way through to a thriving, successful lifestyle business that creates financial freedom, that's all broken down in the book. And so, guys, it's, it's a phenomenal resource for you if you're really looking to go from you know what, I'm tired of the grind, I'm tired of this solo kind of one person show, I wanna now transition into a real lifestyle business, you've gotta have a roadmap to get there. And so that's what that book does. So thank you for putting that together. Two other things I just wanna kind of mention that, that you made a really, put a really big emphasis on was mentorship and masterminds. And for me, I, I, I I hate to admit this, but in the early years when I first started my business, I thought I had to do everything and I thought it was up to me to learn it all, do it all. And I didn't see the value in either of those two things. And when I finally did, and I finally started to invest in mentorship and masterminds, it was amazing how my business just skyrocketed. And so looking back now, I would literally give like my right arm <laughs> to go back because I lost I either lost or didn't make probably hundreds of thousands of dollars 
by not doing those those two things. So why, maybe explain a little bit your belief system about why those are so vital to success. Sure, just to back up to the last point that you were making, I do want to interject. It's so key that you are using a tool like you mentioned, ScreenFlow or Camtasia or Loom, to record yourself doing the task that you're handing off to your virtual assistant so that they can go back to that multiple times to learn or to relearn that as they need to. And you need to be looking at it as like, you're building a library. And that library, if and when that virtual assistant leaves, because those things always happen, now you're not just recreating the wheel. You're bringing somebody else in, and boom, you're just able to plug them into that library of training. They take a few hours to go through it, and now they're trained up, and they refer back to that training, not you individually. So you're freeing up your time, your energy, your bandwidth, which is also something you, you, you mentioned. And one thing I also want to say is that Yes, when you do these type of things and you build the right team, you are um, giving yourself that opportunity to be really just focusing on your genius, your creativeness, but you're also giving your chance to just relax and to chill and to turn off maybe for a while because our body needs time to rest, to recuperate, to just have that refreshing. To perform at its best, yeah. Otherwise, you will not be performing at peak performance the times you are focusing and going all in on that. So now moving to chapter five and chapter six, step five and step six, which is finding a mentor, and then joining or creating your own masterminds. Listen, everybody chooses the wrong mentor. Everybody (laughs) that's in a mastermind right now, you're running your mastermind incorrectly. You can disagree with me. That's fine. I'm sharing with you my opinion. And hey, it's worked for me. So mentorship. The correct mentor for you is the following. Somebody who is currently where you want to be in one year's time. Like I get so many podcasters say, John, if I could only have you as a mentor, I would succeed. I say, you're wrong. I would be a good mentor for you, but I launched my podcast 10 years ago. What I know about launching podcasts is not nearly as relevant as somebody that just launched a year ago. And by the way, I'm going to be tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars if you want to hire me. Like you can't hire me because I make multiple millions of dollars a year. It's not worth it for me to mentor for 500 bucks a month, which by the way is what I charged back in 2012. And they're not yet at a, at a level to where they'd get the full value out they of what you're telling them. They wouldn't get the full them. value. They're yeah. not ready yet. I'm yeah. operating at such a high level right yeah. now. Your perfect mentor is somebody who is currently where you want to be in about a year's time. So just remember that. And that's the person you need to find as a mentor. Not somebody who's the top of the game or who's five years ahead of you. One year, they'll be affordable. All their knowledge will be relevant to you starting off because they can remember it because it's recent, it's relevant. And for masterminds, everybody's running that is in a, is in a mastermind that's being run incorrectly. Every single person that's watching this right now, because a mastermind is either three or four people, including yourself. Okay. No more, no less. Not three, eight, not ten, nope, not twenty, not two, not two. Three or four people, including you, because the correct me- membership and the correct mastermind meets once per week for a minimum of an hour. And one of the three or four people in that mastermind is on the hot seat for 45 of those minutes. And if you're in a mastermind that's more than four people, eight, 10, like you mentioned, you're getting on the hot seat once every three, four, six months. That's not yeah. enough. You need or to be, you get five minutes or you know one problem or it's whatever. not enough. Yeah. You need to be the focused hot seats at least one day per month. So if you're in a person with three mass, if you're in a mastermind with three people, that's once every three weeks. Four people, that's once a month. Perfect. And there's very specific questions and struggles and challenges and successes you should be sharing during that mastermind. Mm-hmm. We lay it out in detail in chapter six. 
If you're not following that structure, you're doing it wrong and it's costing you millions of potential earning dollars down the road, just like it did for you, just like it has for me. Yeah. And probably wasting money right now because I, I spend thousands of dollars a year in masterminds. But for you where you're at, at the level you're at, it will also say, in addition to that three or four person mastermind you should be in right now, you invest in other masterminds that could be out of that structure because just one idea could, be could crack it open and could be to you in your situation worth multiple millions of dollars that people just starting out can't even implement at this time. Yeah, that's a good point. And going back to kind of your idea of how do you know when to start to outsource, right? And delegate. Um, I really got a lot out of your ideas where you kind of made the two columns, right? And you break down, what do I love? What do I hate? What can't I do? What can I do? Um, one thing that's been helpful to me, tell me if you do this at all, but I'll ask the question, is what I'm doing right now, is this, is this worth... If I'm worth a thousand dollars an hour, is what I'm doing right now, should I be doing what I'm doing right now? I guess that's the question. If I'm worth a thousand dollars, should I be doing what I'm doing right now? Um, and that's really helped me kind of sit back and say, well, wait a minute, I want to be operating, doing the strategic things, the high level activities that are going to really propel my business forward. This thing here is easily a $6 virtual assistant or a $15 an hour, you know, helper or whatever. Why am I doing that? And it's allowed me to kind of catch myself oftentimes trying to slip back into old habits where you think you got to do everything yourself or else oh, it's just easier if I do it and to push myself out of doing those lower level activities. Is, is that another great way to look at that? So how I look at it is this, is when you're starting your business and money is tight and runway is short, there is no single better investments than in you because you are the person that has unlimited upside so don't invest in crypto, don't invest in <laughs> stocks, don't invest in bonds, don't invest in other things right now that's not you because you are your best investments. So invest in yourself as soon as you have disposable income through solving people's real specific problems with a virtual assistant, with a software that can really help you, in a mastermind, with a mentor. Those are the right investments when you're starting and then once you've checked those blocks and your team's being built, your mentor's in place, you're a part of this great mastermind, then you can say, okay, now I have some more disposable income. It's not the right time to add to my team because my team's humming along right now. Then yeah, great, invest in crypto, invest in stocks, invest in this, invest in that. But invest in yourself with all of your money until you reach a point where you do have additional disposable income above that, then you can go big. Awesome, great tip. JLD, thank you so much for sharing all of these amazing ideas. Guys, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, leave a comment and say, JLD, you are a business flipping genius. <laughs> okay, guys, so if you're looking for a blueprint to create a business of value with the ultimate goal of lifestyle, like we talked about, and financial freedom, then be sure to get JLD's book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. I'll put the links to order that in the description below, as well as other links to follow JLD on social media. And if you're looking to turn wholesaling and flipping houses from a side hustle to a six and even seven figure lifestyle business, be sure to check out my advanced mentoring program. Just go to FastTrackWithJerry.com to learn more. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel with over 725 videos. This is the number one channel on YouTube for all things flipping, and I'll see you on the next video.